This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Well, let's update you now on how that election is going at my house. Finally, I was wondering when they would show up, but our registration card showed up. You know, the ones telling you where to vote, what the hours are, when the advanced polling dates are, which lets me know we are getting close to this. We're about halfway through the campaign, but still not a lot of movement, it looks like, in the actual polling, showing what, say, your choices are if you are a decided voter. Conservatives maintaining a slim lead, according to a new Ipsos poll, over the incumbent Liberals. Now, this poll was conducted exclusively for Global News, so let's dig a little bit deeper into this now with the help of the CEO of Ipsos Public Affairs. That would be Daryl Berger, who's joining us once again. Hi, Daryl. Hey, thanks for having me on. Well, I love doing this, and thank you so much, because it's, it gives us real consistency, right, during the election campaign, because you've been looking at this every single week. So what's different this week from the last time we talked to you? Uh, not a lot, and that's the uh, – <laughs> but but that is, that is a really story. important yeah. thing. Yeah, and, and so what, what we're seeing right now is pretty much a tie uh, nationwide. Um, uh, British Columbia is no better example uh, because uh, conservatives have like a one-point lead, which is no lead uh, in B.C. right now. And you've got several parties in British Columbia who might be able to win uh, seats in this election. But um, nobody's breaking away. Nobody's taking over this campaign. It's just stuck. And was there any movement for any party, though, over the last week? What we saw was a little bit of a, a slide for the uh, for the Green Party, but uh, they're down about four points. So, so they went from, uh, I think, 11 to 7. But um, the thing with the Green Party is always the same in, in every election poll that we do, which is they always tend to do better in the polls than they do on right. election day. So uh, in British Columbia, it didn't prove to be the case last time around. I mean, uh, in the provincial election in B.C., the Greens did very well. But normally in national polls, they've, they've become a little bit of the uh, none of the above category. So as the campaign heats up a bit more and people start seeing this as a bit more of a choice, it's a, it's a little harder for the Greens uh, to carve out a place. Right. So if they were down four points, who picked up that support? The Liberals picked up two and the Conservatives picked up one. So last week we had the gap between the Conservatives and the Liberals at four with the Conservatives in the lead. This week we have the Conservatives at a three-point gap. So uh, that statistically that's not a not really a change okay so and what about the ndp at this point ndp is at 15 so in spite of the fact that uh, jagmeet singh's been getting a lot of good reviews for his performance uh it seems to be from people who do reviews rather than from voters right that always makes a big difference i find that afterwards we'll be talking about that right how was that where was that disconnect yeah, and and uh, they're just a, just a bit of a failure to launch. Yeah. But even at but even at fifteen percent, that's still when you look at the you know the NDP over over history, that's not a bad performance. But if he's able to pick up a couple more points, because he would invariably take them away from the Liberal Party, uh, this turns into a very different race. So, are these decided voters that we're talking about, Daryl? And what about the yes. undecided? The undecideds are really interesting. There's about 11% of the, the, the voter population that's undecided right now, or it says that they're undecided. About half of that, that group says that they're certain to vote. And of that group right now, the best way to describe them is as disappointed liberals who haven't bought into Andrew Scheer and the conservatives. So they truly are undecided. They say, look, you know, I don't know what, I don't like what the liberals have been doing over the space of the last four years, but I'm looking at uh, Andrew Scheer and he hasn't, he hasn't really sold me on, on the nature of change that he wants to bring to the country. So I truly am undecided. 
I get that feeling too with this election that in a lot of ways I, I call it the hold your nose and vote election. Yeah, it really is uh, not one in which we're running enthusiastically to yeah. the polls. And and the, the problem with that, of course, it, it really uh, uh, comes to, to, to uh, come to ground with the Liberal Party because their voters last time uh, were extremely enthusiastic. I mean, one of the interpretations that we have of the last election campaign was that it was a, a whole bunch of people, because turnout was up eight points over the previous election, right. turned out to uh, to get rid of Stephen Harper. Actually, I don't think that was the case. I mean, there was, there was certainly uh, uh, that feeling there. But that was even more prominent, particularly for the younger voters who came out and voted for the Liberals, was a real uh, acceptance and belief in the in the message they were being given by Justin Trudeau about change and hope, and and it was really motivating and it drove a lot of people to the polls. So if people are holding their noses going to the polls this yeah. time, um, that's a problem for the Liberals. Do so. What happens then when we have that enthusiasm gap, as it's called? Does that mean like w- does that benefit uh, a particular party or anything like that? Yeah, it does, and it really at this at this point it benefits the one, the party that has the emotion in their vote, and the party that has the emotion in their vote right now is the Conservatives, and uh, the emotion is not a particularly pretty emotion. <laughs> it's anger. Yeah, uh, they're very upset with the with the uh, governance of the country over the last four years, and they want to get to the polls and vote on October the twenty first. Uh, and uh, and make a change in government. And when you take a look at the people who are conservative voters, they're disproportionately older people, um, uh, people who are more habitual voters, uh, people who uh, have a, a real firm conviction about the fact that they want to change. And uh, the liberal voters right now... Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. It's soft. Very right. soft. So is that going to be the key then, do you think, moving forward? Now we've got a couple of weeks left here. We're at the halfway point. Is it all about who is going to be motivated enough to get out and vote? Every every election is, I mean, ultimately, but but uh, in this particular case, it is the difference between winning and losing, uh, really, because the two parties are tied. It'll 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 come down to who can get their votes to show up in the right places, and the the battlegrounds are really the suburbs of places like Vancouver and the suburbs of places like Toronto. So who is able to get? people who are uh, uh, who they need, people who are right. interested in voting for them, out to the polls. And right now, it looks like Andrew Scheer has an advantage in that regard. I guess I find this interesting, this election in particular, Daryl, because you've got these two parties running neck and neck, the two major parties, and yet there are lots, there are choices, right? There are other parties that are out there, regardless of what side of the political spectrum you are on. There's the NDP, there's the Green Party, there's the People's Party of Canada, and yet it is still neck and neck with the two major parties. Yeah, and, and it, because they, they realize, I think, people who are voting for those two parties, it's really a choice over the type of government that we're going to have. So they see the difference between the two governments, and they say the only way that we can elect what we want is by electing somebody who has the potential to win. Now, there might be some strategic voters for example, who are looking at the NDP and saying, well, I want them to have the balance of power, but that's not increasing um, their their current party support. It's been 14, 15, 16 in, the, in that range for a, a couple of months. Right. And also you can't plan that, right? No. <laughs> you can't say we're going to try to get the NDP the balance of power. That's just something that happens. People, you can't organize that. 
Right. So there's, uh, there's uh, you know, uh, uh, people who get way too much into this. They start trying to sort of parse through public opinion and the strategies that people are applying. Most, almost, very, very many circumstances, people just vote who, 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 for who they want. Right. Uh, now, there might be some writings where you think that uh, your vote is going to be a wasted vote and therefore you should do something else. But in those situations, people who have wasted votes tend not to vote at all. So what do you see in your crystal ball here? With the current setup the way it is, with that polling data that you've got there, what does it look like in terms of who's going to form government? Uh, really difficult to say because right now it doesn't look like anybody's got a majority in sight. So what we're going to probably come down to is a situation in which uh, the liberals or the conservatives are going to have the plurality of votes or plurality of seats based on who can get their votes out. And then after that, uh, it really depends on how the Bloc Québécois does in Quebec, and they're certainly on the rise. And it depends on whether or not the NDP is able to deliver enough votes that they would be able to put, say, for example, the Liberals over the top and give them a governing type of coalition. So uh, even if we get through October the 21st, the path forward is not necessarily clear. You said the BQ's on the rise in Quebec. That can't be good news for the Liberals. It, it, well, it, it can't be good news for the Liberals, but it's also not good uh, good news for the Conservatives, uh, and definitely bad news for the NDP. I mean, one of the perceptions that we have of those uh, uh, of the NDP seats that exist in Quebec right now is that they are. Um, uh, basically liberals in a hurry. So they're you know, progressive voters uh, who voted for the NDP because they bought into Jack Layton and then Tom Mulcair, and they bought into that progressive agenda, and, uh, and the, uh, the liberals were not uh, as, uh, as aggressive on it, so they, they went with the NDP. That's not who they are. Uh, they're basically uh, previous Bloc Québécois voters, more nationalist in their orientation, more nativist in their orientation. So the likelihood that they're not going to break to the Liberal Party is pretty strong. Uh, and they'll probably move either to the Bloc Québécois or to the Conservative Party. Now, the interesting thing is, with the rise in the in the Bloc Québécois, we've also seen a decline not just in the NDP, but we've seen a decline in the Conservative Party. Right. So it's it's an interesting dynamic in Quebec. It seems like it's an interesting dynamic in just about every province, except for Alberta, because they seem to already know what they're doing in Alberta. Yeah, we can, we can just, you know, we can probably skip Election Day. Saskatchewan's, <laughs> Saskatchewan's pretty much the same. Right, but another in the, so in Ontario, in Quebec, in BC, it's a toss-up at this point. It really is a toss-up, and it's going to come down to who can actually motivate their voters to show up. Now, as I said before, that we say that in every campaign. Yes. But this time around, it really is the case. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a razor's edge. Well, I guess, Daryl, we're going to be talking to you soon about that. Then, Daryl, thanks so much for your time. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. That's Daryl Bricker, CEO of Ipsos Public Affairs. Once a week, we check in with him on the polling data that they've been doing to take a look at how this race is shaping up.